Welcome to Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on, that works. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. It is first to goal. Ball spotted just inside the 10. Algeria and Wilson faked it to him and keeps it. Zach Wilson, the speed, and he dives for the end zone. Touchdown. That's Austin Nate. Gibbs, who is probably going to be the best pass catcher out of the three. Now. Down. He's going to get after it again. And look at the speed and the spark and the score from Gibbs. Just what Georgia Tech needed. That's Matt Bruning. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And it's on the field. Up the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello. Come on, the 51 yards. Austin. You tweeted something, bro. You tweeted your running back ranking. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Ohio State fan talking there. Oh, shit. That is why you come to the Debbie debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the time zone that won the Elite 11 quarterback competition. That means it's time for the Debbie debate. That's Matt Bruning. That's Austin Nace. And I'm Felix Sharp on an oversaturated version of tonight's show. We play a game of campus to Canton either or. Which player deserves the higher NCAA football game rating? And will Tom Brady upset Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs dynasty? But we start with Colin Decker, the star host of the Campus to Canton podcast, joining the Debbie debate tonight. What if I told you there was a podcast about Campus to Ken? Hosted by two lifelong friends. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. They bonded over their love of the Pittsburgh nightlife. So I, in the past like uh, six months or so, have fallen in love with Kila Cowboy. What's Kila Cowboy or? And the Mighty Ducks. And the Mighty Ducks cartoon with the hockey. So anyways, I'm standing there waiting to use the paper. Yeah, he was, seriously. And this guy who's on the phone turns around and tips his hat like this. And who do you think that guy was? Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Duck Man, I swear to God, I was there! Of course you were, you were the one who yelled the Breakfast Clever's name! I was like, Emilio! (laughs) 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 I was like, Emilio! (laughs) Emilio! (laughs) Their college football knowledge is only rivaled by their knowledge of olives. The green olives, especially if they're stuffed with something really good, like a jalapeno or like something like that. Green olives, I just freaking love. First of all, olives are gross. I hate olives. And drinking way, way too much. There will almost certainly be alcohol there. Really cheap Long Island iced teas, which is just a recipe for disaster. We met up for dinner the one time and you ended up coming to pick me up. You remember? No. <laughs> wow. And I thought I was the drunk one. <laughs> Welcome, the host with the most, Colin, whose takes are just as hot as his favorite food. You know, hot dogs and mac and cheese. I found I've started to like a lot more spicy things. Mr. Decker, thank you for joining us on the Debbie Debate tonight, uh, coming over from the Campus to Canton podcast. Mr. Decker, 
Why are you so damn good on that show? Why are you carrying Austin's dead weight? Uh, well, first of all, I got to say, what an intro. I mean, I'm about ready to run through a wall right now. That that intro put together there was incredible. Um, but, you know, as far as carrying Austin on C2C, I mean, I've been carrying him for, you know, probably like the past six, seven years as far as our friendship goes. And, you know, I mean, you heard on on that intro there, he completely forgot our uh, one of our great nights out in Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's nothing I'm not used to. Austin, do you have any response? I'm just glad that we highlighted Colin's eight-year-old palate on the intro. That was, that was the <laughs> best part. Hot dogs and mac and cheese. Uh. All right, boys, we're going to jump right into it. Are we ready for the Debbie debates? Let's do it. We sure are. All right, let's do it. EA Sports announced just yesterday that some form of the NCAA video game series is will be returning. Matt. What offensive skill position player should be rated the highest? And tell me what he should be rated. Well, I think the game revolves around quarterbacks, so I imagine it's going to be a quarterback who comes in highly rated, and it's going to be between, I think, Rattler and Howe, who are probably considered the two of the best, at least right now, because we haven't seen much of DJU or Bryce Young. Uh, So I'm going to go Howe, though, because he is my top-rated QB right now, and I'm going to say he's going to come in at like a 97-ish. Austin, who who who's going to be the highest rated offensive skill position player? Yeah, as we talked about in the pre-show, I have never played any of these games before, so like I, I'm just totally guessing with everything that I'm about to say for the next ten minutes or so. But um, I feel like the game, those games always favor athleticism, so I don't know. I feel like a DJU or someone's going to have just like whether they're the highest rated guy or not. I feel like that's going to be like the, the best guy. So we. We have a Debbie guy who uh, who who does, has never played NCAA college football, the video game. That feels like it's some sort of crime. Uh, Colin, please redeem your friend. Who should be the highest rated offensive skill position player? Yeah, so I'm going to take the other side of Brunings there. Um, I agree. It's going to be a quarterback because the game revolves around those. But I'm going to go with Rattler. Um, I mean, he's a name that everybody knows right now. So he's not my highest rated player. I do have Howell rated ahead of Rattler. But as Rattlers, he's a Heisman favorite for next year right now. He's a quarterback on a big market team, well-known guy. So he's just going to be probably the highest rated player there just so they have a way to market that game. And it wouldn't even surprise me if he was on the cover. Well, I'm going to give you two players, and we'll start with Spencer Rattler, but I'll give you another player, and you tell me who should be rated higher. I think I know your answer, your answers already for this one, but tell me what they should actually be rated. All right, so Austin, Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell, and again, what should each player be rated? I feel like Rattler has more of like the video game traits right like i think he's a little more athletic than hal and i think he has the better arm so i feel like those two things like uh, i think he gets the nod there as to what he's rated is any any is anybody ever rated 99 in this game yeah i mean i don't i don't think there's a guy in college right now that i would say is an, as a 99 on offense uh, so i don't know <laughs> uh i don't know can you give a guy a 99 off of like four games yeah, why not? That's like such a tough one. Um, I'll say I'll say Rattler will be like a 96. 96 for Rattler. Uh, Mr. Bruning, answer this question for me. Who should be rated higher, Rattler or Hal, and what should they be rated? Hal, 97. Just because Austin said Rattler at 96. So. <laughs> Colin, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to take Rattler here too. Um, I don't think anybody's a 99 worthy right now, but yeah, I'll put I'll put a how or a Rattler at like a 97 with how pretty close behind there too. I'm in agreement with you guys. I think Spencer Rattler should be rated higher. Um, you know, the way he finished the season after getting benched, that guy has the arm talent and he does fit the video game system a little bit better than how I actually think that Rattler is going to be elevated into that QB one overall in the 2022 class. So no argument there, but if we're rating, if we're rating Rattler at 97, then what should Tanner Mordecai be rated up? All right, we'll move on. Let's go to, we're going to, I'm going to give you some more players. And again, you tell me who should be rated higher and what should they be rated? 
Uh, Colin, we're going to go back to you with this first, with this second one. Bryce Young or DJ Uyunglele? Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, DJU here. Um, I mean, I liked Bryce uh, Young better last year coming out, but I mean, we actually saw DJU this year. He looked good in his situation, so we know he's got a safe floor. And then he has all the traits that you're looking for in a video game quarterback. He's got that howitzer of an arm. You know, he's mobile. He's got an extremely high ceiling. So I think if you designed a video game quarterback, he's going to look a lot like DJU. Well, Matt, I mean, Bryce Young has the wheels and the arm. Do you agree with Colin? I do. I do. I, I'm going DJU as well. I say he probably comes in as like an 88-ish, but I'm going DJU. Yeah, I mean, he DJ's like the kind of the most Cam Newton guy we've seen since Cam Newton, right? I feel like that. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. He liked one of my tweets one time where I said that. So <laughs> I think he thinks that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't shock me if DJ's rated higher this year, but I, Young's going to be really good this year. I think he's going to absolutely blow up. So it wouldn't shock me if like DJ is higher this year and then next year Bryce Young is like the same or higher. Listen, this is going to be one of those things where, yeah, DJU might be rated higher, but everybody's going to gravitate towards the bright Bryce Young player because he's going to have, you know, 88, 87 speed, whatever it is. I know, Austin, that you're too young for this and you didn't play the game. But when when uh, Terrell Pryor was at Ohio State, everybody wanted to play with him. Everybody wanted to put, play with Pat White at West Virginia. Everybody wanted to play with Ryan Paralu, who never amounted to anything at LSU. So I'll give you guys that DJ Uyagalele should be rated in the 88 range as a sophomore. I'm going to put Bryce Young at 85, but I'm going to put his speed at a, let's say a 90. I'm going to put his speed at a 90. All right, let's go to another one. George Pickens, Matt, or David Bell, who you got rated higher and what should they be rated? Uh, David Bell, easily. And I think he's going to be the highest. I should have said him earlier. I already think I said Sam Howell is going to be the highest rated player. So I'm going to say he's equal to Sam Howell at 97, but it's got to be David Bell. I mean, I've got George Pickens as like my wide receiver four in that class. So it's it's not even a conversation in my opinion. Austin, is he right? I can like barely think of one thing that David Bell does better than him. So no, I think Pickens is going to be higher. Um I, I mean, I guess you said that awareness like crushes these guys, though. And Pickens, you know, sometimes flies <laughs> off the handle a little bit. But isn't this all academic anyway? Like the game doesn't come out for three years. None of these guys are going to be in the game, right? That, is that is that uh, what I heard? You know, it's oh, funny. Right. Um, on the last version of the game, players could get suspended and have character issues, and so I think that if there is uh, between these two, who's most likely? To, to get suspended and you get a notification that they can't play the game, it's probably George Pickens. Colin, who are you rating higher between Pickens and David Bell? And tell me what you're rating both players. So Pickens is going to be the type of guy that everybody wants in a video game just because he's like that big body guy. They're just going to chuck it deep to him. He's going to go up and moss some guys. But I, I'm with Bruning. I like Bell better. Uh, Bell's just a more complete wide receiver for me right now. So I think these are going to be the two top receivers in the game. So you're going to see them in the mid-90s, probably like 94s, 95s. I think they'll be very close, but I'm giving the edge to, edge to Bell. You know, I think that uh, George Pickens has more video game traits, so I'm going to rate him 97. I'm going to give David Bell a 95, but I can see players doing all the user catching with George Pickens and him jumping over cornerbacks a la Limus Swede back at Texas, if anybody remembers playing with Colt McCoy and Limus Swede. Let's go to some more off the, the main radar players with some G5 guys. Again, uh, Colin, we'll start with you here. I want to know who should be rated higher and what they should be rated. Grayson McCall, the quarterback at Coastal Carolina, the option guy, or Carson Strong, the the strong armed, no pun intended, pocket passer at Nevada. Who should be rated higher, and what should they be rated? Uh, I think this is a pretty easy one, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with McCall here. Uh, I mean, he led his team, led a G5 team to 14 overall, so you know he's got some pedigree there. But then he also brings that mobility that you like in a video game too. Um, you know, Carson Strong is pretty much a pocket passer. 
which, which he does very well. He's got a good arm. He's very accurate quarterback. I like Carson Strong, but when I'm playing in a video game, give me the guy who can run around. And McCall had uh, over 500 yards rushing this year. So, you know, and he's a good passer on top of that as well. So he gets a little bit of both sides there. So I'm definitely taking McCall. I don't think either of these guys are going to be super highly rated. They'll probably be in the mid to low 80s. You're probably looking at like McCall, maybe like an 84, Carson Strong, 82, 81, somewhere in that range. Austin, your non-NCAA video game playing self, who are you rating higher between McCall and Strong? I mean, those EA games, like I, I they'll take the guy that had like led the G5 program to a top 25 finish last year, I feel like, even if Strong was the better player, and he's probably the better NFL prospect. I just feel like that's how EA does things. So, yeah, I agree with Colin. And I, I would say the range is probably pretty accurate, maybe a couple points higher, and maybe like an 86 or something for McCall and like an 83 for Strong. Does that sound right? I don't know. <laughs> Making this up as I go. Burning? I'm just going to say Carson Strong because he's the better player. I mean, he's got a, a, a cannon. He can throw that ball anywhere on the field. I mean, McCall is really great throwing it about five yards from the line of scrimmage, but Carson Strong can hit you like in a dead sprint 90 yards down the field. So I think his arm strength and everything else that comes in with him, he'll be. I think they're going to be very similarly rated. I wouldn't be surprised if McCall ends up being the higher guy because of what they just said, being the leading the team to that beating BYU. He got obviously a lot of, of pub for that, but uh, Carson Strong, give me Carson Strong, 85, I'll say. I'm trying to think of what Bruce Gradkowski was rated at Toledo and what Dan Lefevre was rated at Central Michigan, and I just can't remember off the top of my head, but that's where I would put them. I agree with Bruning here. I think Carson Strong should be the higher-rated uh, player. He's got the better video game attributes as far as arm strength. Um, Grayson McCall, I think, is unproven as a true NFL prospect, still running that option offense. We got to see with him if he has the NFL arm talent. But uh, I'm going to go with Carson Strong. I'm going to rate Carson Strong at give me give me a uh, give me an 83, but I'm going to put his his throw power at a 90 and his throw accuracy at a 90. I'm going to put Grayson McCall at an 80. I'm going to put his speed at an 83. I'm going to put his throw power at an 83. Also, his throw accuracy at an 80. All right. Do you think right. Do you think Malik Willis would be a better player than either of them in NCAA? That's a good question because he can move. I think that he has maybe as equally a strong of arm as strong. Um that's a that's a good one. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I think it would be if he was rated higher than them, maybe by one point or two points. So, um, all right, we've got just two more, just two more here on our NCA video game game. I'm going to give you Sean Tucker, the we'll call him freshman phenom at Syracuse, and Ulysses Bentley, the redshirt freshman at. Uh, SMU, who hit the season off against, I think it was North Texas with almost 300 yards rushing. And then Sean T Tucker obviously finished the season strong against Clemson. Colin, who are you rating the highest out of these two? Very, very different players stylistically. Sean Tucker is the bowling ball. Ulysses Bentley is the little, is the raw athlete who can also catch the ball. Um, Sean Tucker profiles more so as a two-down player. Who are you rating the highest out of these two? Yeah, so give me uh, give me Bentley there for for pretty much what you just said. Like when I look at a running back, uh, I want a guy who's who can catch the ball, um, especially if you're playing in a video game. You know, you want to throw a couple screen passes in here and there, and you want to be a guy to be able to take it to the house. So, you know, Bentley's got that speed that he can do that. You know, he can slide out on the screen game. He'll probably have a solid catch rating. Um, I like Sean Tucker, but he's just not the kind of guy that you want. Uh, you know be your running back he doesn't really inspire a ton of confidence like you said he's kind of a bowling ball kind of a two down guy so yeah definitely give me bentley i think you're underselling sean tucker's catching ability in real life at least i don't know what the game will capture but i don't think he's like just a two down guy personally i don't know um but yeah i think i think bentley would be a better video game player overall but i, I like tucker more than him in real life what are you rating him, uh, uh, Austin? What are you going to rate Sean Tucker? Uh, I don't know. You said top incoming freshmen tend to hover around like high seventies, like seventy eight to you know around there. So probably seventy five, maybe. 
somewhere in that oh, range. Wow. So they're going to rate him lower than an incoming freshman. Well, you said the top guys. I don't know. I don't think anyone thinks of Sean Tucker like that. And probably Ulysses Bentley either. Like, I just don't think like the mainstream people think of those two guys as like a, uh, and try to think of like a guy that might like a Jameer Gibbs who would have come in last year, been maybe like a 78 or something, you know? Okay. That's fair. Bruning. Uh, I'm actually going to take Sean Tucker as someone who was recently playing in a online NCAA 14 uh, online league with, um, what was it, like updated rosters because they still update those rosters to the now prospects. Uh, not to say that he's the same as Mohamed Ibrahim, but Ibrahim was an absolute beast uh, for me at Minnesota because of the way he can break tackles and run people over. Uh, he was only rated as like an 80, though, so I don't know if Tucker comes in that high, but, but give me that. The speed and, and all that doesn't matter when you've got some of those defenders running around and knocking you knocking you down because you can't break through the tackles. So I'm going to take Tucker. i say he probably comes in at like a 77. I'm going to take Tucker also. I'm going to rate him a 79, but I'm going to, you know, his agility, his acceleration, his speed is going to be a little bit uh, better for a smaller bowling bowling ball type player. His break tackle rating is going to be higher for me. I like that type of player in the video game. Uh, so that player can, you know, use the animations and in, in the computer to break tackles, kind of cheat the game. All right. Let's do one more here. Let's do one more here. And Bruning, you don't get to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm going you first. You don't get to actually. answer this question. I'm going first. You don't get to answer this question. Michael <laughs> Penix Jr., the uh, quarterback, strong lefty Southpaw quarterback at Indiana, or any starting quarterback for Ohio State. Austin, let me throw it to you first. Who should right, be rated so, higher? Here's how we're that's how we're gonna do this one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Austin. <laughs> Um, so I think Jack Miller wins that job next year. And I think, uh, I was trying to make Matt spit his water everywhere. Um, <laughs> nah, that's not gonna happen. We all know Colin McCord's going to win it. So we're good. Um, I think like, I, I, I think Stroud wins it. I mean, everyone saw my quarterback rankings that I put out today and those were made with the assumption that Stroud wins that job. Um, I like my, one of my big questions about Stroud last year was his speed. And then he broke off like that 60 yard touchdown run or whatever. And that kind of, eliminated that concern i think that would get factored into his rating um low 80s 80 81 for cj stroud that sound right okay so you're you're taking stroud over michael Penix. yeah he's had two i mean season ending injuries two of them now um and he plays at indiana i don't think that helps his ratings at all like those those players don't tend to get the benefit of the doubt like when it comes to that stuff, I feel like you're going to make me spit my water everywhere. Colin, who are you taking Michael Penix jr. Or whoever the starting quarterback ends up being at Ohio state, who should be rated higher? What should they be rated? Well, I feel like you brought me on the show just for this one here. Um, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to take Penix. Um, you know, obviously the injury concerns is the thing there. So his injury rating is going to be uh, pretty rough, but outside of that, I mean, he's, he's a plus athlete. Um, you know, Stroud is too, but I do like, uh, I, I do like Penix's ability to run. I, I do wish Indiana would be actually use that a little bit more. Uh, but then he's got a strong NFL caliber arm does need to improve the, uh, the accuracy overall a little bit. Cause it did dip a little bit this year. Um, you know, from uh, sixty-eight point eight percent last year, I think it's down to fifty-six-ish this year uh, through limited uh, games because he did get hurt again. But you know, Stroud's unproven, um, so uh, he'll end up probably being rated higher just because he's from Ohio State. Once he gets named the uh, the starter there, like we most of us expect, so he'll probably come in around like you know an eighty-two, eighty-three, and and I think Penix will be rated lower. I think Penix will probably come in around an eighty. But I would rate Penix higher, probably 85 to 86. You're damn right, 85. I'm putting <laughs> Michael Penix Jr. at 85. He's going to have the highest throw power or the second highest throw power to DJ Uyangalele. His throw power is going to be in like in the 96-ish range. DJ is going gonna, is gonna to be in the 98-ish range. I'll put Penix Jr.'s accuracy in the 70 nine to 82 range and his injury rating is going to be a, a, a zero a straight up zero <laughs> there so for cj stroud i'm going to put cj stroud at a 79 he hasn't done anything yet bruning what are, are is cj stroud going to be rated 99 
No, of course not. No, I'm not that. Gee, Scott might be, not CJ Stroud. <laughs> uh, no, I, and I, I do think that it's going to be. I've got to continue. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Uh, Michael Penix, the accuracy is huge when it comes to quarterbacks. I think he's going to be rated right around like the 78, 77. Because let's also be honest, he plays at Indiana. Like, I'm not even sure they're going to make it in the game because they don't matter. When you play at the Ohio State, you're going to get a higher rating because it's the Ohio State and everybody wants to play as the Ohio State Buckeyes. So it's going to be Kyle McCord. I think he's going to come in at like an 83, um, you know, and, and those of you who want to create a school can throw in the Indiana Hoosiers. All right, we'll move on from Indiana and the Hoosiers and the fact that they have the best quarterback in the Big Ten in 2021. And we are going to go into another segment here. Uh, we are going to do another game of either or campus to Canton style. Campus to Ken, C2C is the fastest growing format in football. Austin, we've gotten some new listeners over the past few, few weeks, and I don't want to assume that everybody's on the same page with what C2C is. Can you? So can you give me just a the brief rundown on what C2C is? Yeah, like you said, it's it's growing really, really fast. And if you're not listening to uh, to my other show, Shameless Plug Time, <laughs> uh, you're doing really doing yourself a disservice uh, preparing for that for next year. Your other show. Our other show. Sorry, there we Paul. go. There we Sorry. go. <laughs> Why do we bring him on? Um, <laughs> so the the premise of Campus to Canton leagues is it's super deep, Debbie, like super, super, super deep to the point where you have enough, like you have a college roster and you have an NFL roster, and both of those teams accrue separate fantasy points every week. And with you know, so there's two championships in your league, and then as those guys graduate from college, they go straight to your NFL roster. So the bigger deal, like the, the rookie draft, really isn't anything. It's mostly your incoming freshmen and kind of churning the the waivers and such down on the college side of things. So it just requires a lot more attention to detail when it comes to the college side of things before guys get to the NFL. Like if you're if you're discovering a guy during Senior Bowl or the Combine or whatever, it's too late. That guy's probably already gone which is why I like it so much and why I think a lot of people really like it. I'm sure Colin probably feels similarly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I love the, you know, everybody loves dynasty and, and then you get into Debbie too. And that's kind of the next step where you're, you know, looking into some of the earlier prospects that are coming out here, you know, some of the juniors, um, you know, some of the redshirt sophomores, you're starting to look in some of those guys and then C2C just adds another layer to it. But I just love that you actually get production out of those players. You don't just have to wait for them to get to your NFL team to get production because uh, a lot can happen in the two years there. Whereas if you're you know, getting some production out of those high-end guys, uh, and then one of my other my favorite things too about Dynasty and, and football, fantasy football in general is just unearthing some hidden gems. And it's uh, easier to do that in a C2C league where you find the wide receiver from Arkansas state who looks really good and blows up in his bowl game. And now he's your on your radar there for next year and you can get him for free uh, and get some easy production that way. So it just adds another layer of the game that I really love. This is the format that I've fallen in love with here. I think the four of us agree that it is the best fantasy football format. It makes Saturdays interesting. It makes those Thursday and Wednesday night Mac games and, you know, uh, Mountain West Conference games. It makes those interesting. And obviously Sundays were, were already interesting with your dynasty leagues and redraft leagues. So if you are um, – uh, thinking about sticking your toe in the water with c2c we would encourage you to just go ahead and jump in it is the best fantasy football format so with that in mind i'm going to give you guys i'm going to give this panel two players maybe one on the nfl side maybe one on the ncaa side and you tell me who you would rather have rostered on your team because we know in c2c hypothetically you could trade a a Kirk Cousins for Carson Strong, who we d talked about earlier. You can make trades between the NFL side and the N NCAA side. So you could also have both of these players uh, on your entire roster, but I want to know who you would rather have. So you can only pick one. We're going to start with, and um, Austin, I'm going to throw this to you first. So we're going to start with Bryce Young, that highly touted Alabama quarterback, or Joe Burrow, the record-setting LSU quarterback and the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals number one pick. Who would you rather have in a campus to Canton League, Bryce Young or Joe Burrow? 
This is a really, really hard one. When I was looking at this list before the show, I thought this was one of the ones that stood out as almost a pick em because I, re- I really like Joe Burrow. I think the upside's a little limited because he has, like, we've talked about this on my other show. Like, Joe Burrow is like the weakest arm that I would be comfortable having a starting NFL quarterback have. And it's fine. Like, that, that's okay. But I think that limits him a little bit. I don't think Young necessarily has that problem. And the fact that, uh, you get Young's production over the next couple of years. We've seen the Bama quarterbacks be crazy productive. So I think you get a lot of production in two years, and then he goes to the NFL and is probably an early-round draft pick. I'm a gambling guy. I'll take Bryce Young. But the thing is, I also know that I could probably trade Joe Burrow for Bryce Young plus, so I could get something on top of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there on, uh, on Bryce Young over Burrow. Um, Bryce Young's younger. He has a higher ceiling. He's got a better arm. He's more mobile than Burrow. Um, you're going to get two years of what you can expect to be pretty elite college production. Uh, and then he's going to jump right into the pros. I think he's a very good pro prospect. I think he's going to be a top three, top five for sure, and uh, NFL drafted quarterback. Uh, and those have a high history, hit rate historically there too. So, you know, you really love everything that you're getting out of Bryce Young. With Burrow, you know, he's shown that he can be a mid-tier kind of QB1, you know, when he's healthy and when things are working right. He is going to miss a lot of next year, too, so that does factor in a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go with Bryce Young here, but I do like Burrow. So I am kind of with Austin as far as Burrow being a very solid quarterback and somebody I would want. But uh, with the production you actually get on the C2C side, give me Young. Uh, I'm going to go Burrow, uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to end up talking out of both sides of my mouth while we do this uh, exercise because uh, much like Austin, I, I value winning the college side just as much as I do the NFL side. But while I do think Bryce Young is going to be a very good prospect and probably a very good NFL player, I've already seen that out of Joe Burrow on a really bad Bengals team. And I understand he's got the injury, but he's already proven how great he has been. Uh, with that team, he's still young. I mean, he's already walking. We see videos of him doing stuff, so I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, they've already gotten some weapons around him. I do believe that they'll draft an offensive lineman to help him some as well. Uh, so give me Joe Burrow. He's young. I'll have him on my dynasty team for a long time. And with that, too, being said, I know I can get probably some quarterbacks on the C2C side later that might help me as well in the NFL that I don't have to pay the high premium on for Bryce Young when I do the startup draft. I'm going to go with Bryce Young here just because the good thing about C2C is you you can take the players that you love and Bryce Young has Russell Wilson in him and and you know Fran Tarkenton quite frankly in his game somebody who can just make crazy plays in the backfield and he can run and he doesn't get hit and he can throw the ball I mean I think he got in for just a little bit in the Kentucky game and it was like this is what we've been really waiting to see and it's just fun to have players that you love so I'm gonna go with Bryce Young because that's gonna be an exciting player to roster so Bryce Young for me Colin I'm gonna throw this next one to you first Chris Godwin, the Tampa Bay wide receiver who will be playing in the Super Bowl this year, or the aforementioned George Pickens. Who are you taking? Uh, So I got to go with my guy, Chris Godwin, here. Chris Godwin is a guy that I've Austin knows well. He's been my guy for a while. Uh, I'm a big fan of of Chris Godwin, being a Penn State fan, too. I watched him, and I really liked what he had to offer. Um, And then coming into the the league here, you know, started out a little slow his rookie year, but – then jumps right into the, that the year after that and puts up uh, wide receiver two overall numbers last year. Uh, wide receiver 15 overall in points per game this year uh, where he was you know battling some injuries. You know, I had the new quarterback there. It was a crowded wide receiver room, but still put up um, you know high-end wide receiver two numbers. So I value that. I, at most situations, I do value the proven ability. Now, like... Bruning just said, I'm going to end up talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I went Bryce Young before that. Uh, I'm going to go with Godwin here. And I do like George Pickens. He has a very high ceiling and he could make this take look terrible in two years. But right now, give me Godwin. 
I'm going Godwin as well. I think I've pissed off enough people on this podcast talking how much I don't like George Pickens, so I don't know why you'd think I'd take him over Chris Godwin, who's proven in the NFL that he can be a wide receiver one. And I do think he's going to end up on a new team this year. Someone's going to pay him a lot of money to come be their one. I think he's going to go right back to producing again as a wide receiver one again. I mean, if we were talking, you know, David Bell or Garrett Wilson, uh, it'd be a different story. But George Pickens, give me Chris Godwin. Yeah, Godwin's only tw- well, he'll be twenty five this year, yeah. so like he's younger than people think he is. Yeah, and in my opinion, he's one of the most versatile receivers in the NFL. So I think that helps him, like that shields him a little bit when he go if he goes to a new team this offseason because he can play in most systems and you know he can play in boundary slot, um, yeah. pretty much all of that. Um, man, I, I love I love Burks. Pickens, Pickens. I've had this discussion so many places. Pickens plays the game angry. I just love that out of a receiver. And if if I have a receiver that'll go up and just he's not afraid to just he wants to destroy the guy across from him. I love that about him. I love that about you know Justin Blackman, Michael Crabtree. That that's the kind of Des Bryant. That's the kind of receiver I fall in love with. But give me Godwin. I think. Uh, Burning, throwing it back to you, David Bell or Chris Godwin. David Bell. I'm in love with David Bell. We talked about this last podcast, or maybe it was the draft profile show. I fall in love easy when so when a cute girl bats her eyes at me. I'm 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 a sucker. I'm a sucker for David Bell right now. So give me David Bell. The funny thing is, I think that you have to. Well, I would assume that George Pickens is, is going to be the higher draft pick, the the player with a higher draft capital. It seems because of his physical tools that he's more likely to go in. You know, the top fifteen ish, and and David Bell, he might be a first round draft pick, but to me, he seems like a player who's going to be a middle of the first end of the first round um, type player. So, uh, Colin, is he right or wrong in picking David Bell over Chris Godwin? So uh, David Bell is my wide receiver one in the uh, 2022 class there. So I do have him over Pickens, uh, but I'm still taking Godwin there. Um, God, like like Austin said, Godwin's only 25, extremely versatile, and we've seen him put up you know high end wide receiver numbers. And I think he can definitely get back to that. So give me the guy who's already shown he can be the wide receiver one. All right, Austin, I'm going to go to you next. We're going to keep George Pickens in this conversation, and I'm going to give you Michael Thomas, who didn't have that great of a season this season. Obviously, Drew Brees, we expect him to be gone. So are you going to take George Pickens on the one hand or Michael Thomas? This is another one where I think if you just understand, like I think Thomas is probably objectively the more valuable player of the two. So I can probably get Pickens plus for him, and I'd rather have that side of the the draw. Is that che- is that a cheating answer to say like that? Do I have to just pick one or the other straight up? You do have to pick one. Or the I have to pick one or the other. Straight depends up. on it. That was a cop out. That was a cop out. Oh man, uh, I'll say Pickens. Give me Pickens. Oh man, and you guys, you guys roast me for my love of G. Scott Jr. Geez, I'm going Michael Thomas. I'm, I'm a little bit worried, obviously, him losing uh, Drew Brees. But if any of the rumors are true that Jameis Winston might be the quarterback there, and he forces that ball to uh, Michael Thomas, while four of them might be picked off every game, Michael Thomas is still going to get peppered with targets. I give me the dude who's he's still young. He's still an alpha wide receiver. Uh, give me Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there, Bruning. Um, you know, kind of the same deal before where we've seen this high-end elite production from Michael Thomas. I mean, he's one year removed from dropping 100 more points than the next closest wide receiver in PPR. Um, and I think people kind of forget about that because of how injured he was this year. And then there was some, there was a little bit of a benching and some kind of issues there off the field. But yeah, Breeze is gone too, but... I still think Michael Thomas is a great player and I think he can produce like high end numbers as long as he has competent QB play. Uh, Biggest question for me is, is Taysom Hill a competent QB? And I'm not really sure that he is, but if he does, if they do go with Winston, uh, yeah, expect him to get peppered with targets. And I think he'll produce monster numbers again, like he did last year. Austin, I'm going to come back to you with one that's not on the show sheet. Okay, I'm going to. Are we going to take uh, Traylon Burks on the one hand or Jalen Rieger on the other? Oh, I've never liked Rieger, so I'll take Traylon Burks <laughs> ten times out of ten in the hat. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you think that you could get more than Traylon Burks for Jalen Rieger in a C two C? A C two C. That's a good question. Well, it sucks because the league that I have. The only league I have Rieger and I also have Burke, so I can't even go try that. Um, 
Uh, yeah, like I, I think Burchess has objectively more value than than Rieger does right now. I don't think Rieger looked very good this year. I think we have very big questions about who their quarterback is next year. And uh, I think Burks is going to feast. And he's just that next big, athletic, crazy monster guy in college. I, I would rather have that upside. Uh, I, I still like Jalen Rieger as a prospect. Um, but yeah. Bruning, who are you taking between those two? Uh, I'm still going to keep Rager right now, but I do agree with Austin. I think actually you could probably trade. Uh, you'd probably have to add on to – well, I say Rager. I'm probably saying that wrong. I think you have to add on to Rager to get Burks right now because he's that sexy name right now. I don't think – with what he did this year, especially with having really nobody else there on that team helping him, I think you'd have to add to him to get Burks up. But I'd still take I'd still take Rager right now. I, I think that offense is going to get turned around. I think he's going to be just fine next year. Yeah. All right. Oh, I was just say, yeah, once again, I was gonna say, yeah, once again, I'm with Bruning there on that one. Um, I think I'm you glad can... we brought you on, Colin. <laughs> are you are you busy Wednesday nights at all? I think Austin um, said he's got stuff going on. He might not be able to be on anymore. I got a I got a little opening in my schedule. I'm flexible here. Um, but yeah, I think I think Burks is the hot name right now. Everybody's talking about Burks, and you know, Rieger's coming off of a little bit of a disappointing year this year. So I think you would have to give Rieger plus to get Burks right now. Um, so if you're going with those two, um, you know, in that situation, give me Rieger. Um, I think he's still a high end prospect from last year. I still liked him. Um, I still like the situation he's in, in Philly where he can be like, he's the best wide receiver there. I think on that roster, I think he's the most talented guy. So, and I'm still a believer in Wentz. So I'll take Rieger. I am too. I think I'm also going to take uh, Jalen Rieger. All right, let's go to the quarterback position. Zach F. Wilson on the one hand, and I don't know he's draft eligible. These are going to be two NFL quarterbacks. So Zach F. Wilson on the one hand or Tua Tagovailoa. Colin, who are you taking between those two? Uh, so I'm going to end up taking Zach Wilson here. Now, Tua may very well end up grading out higher than Wilson for me as an overall prospect as a rookie because Tua was my quarterback one last year. Austin shaking his hand. I mean, he's making all these kind of movements. He's, he's just, I mean, all right. <laughs> but, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Colin. No, you're good. But I, my biggest concern with Tua is he didn't look like the same player this year that he was pre-injury. Um, now that was a tough injury to come back from. So can he get back to that player? I, I believe he can. Yeah, for sure. But am I willing to gamble on that? I don't know. Uh, I'm also not really sure that I trust Miami to be a top fantasy passing offense, uh, assuming he stays in Miami. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Wilson, um, landing spot unknown. Give me Wilson right now, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I'm willing to give to a year to figure out his hip situation. I, I, and I'm hoping that he can because I had two graded higher as a player than Zach Wilson. Um, so I think that's a pretty easy one for me, especially because I don't know where. Like I think Miami's going to do everything they can, assuming they keep him and they don't treat him for Deshaun Watson, to make his life as easy as possible. And I think if Zach Wilson goes in the top eight, unless somebody really good trades up, there aren't a whole lot of landing spots in that top eight that you can say like life is going to be easy for Zach Wilson to start off. And I think Zach Wilson needs. As much as I do like him, I think he needs a little bit of making Zach Wilson's life easy early on, or else he could be in a little bit of trouble. Oh, fuck. I'm actually going to take Zach Wilson. <laughs> I'm not proud of that <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, I did not like Tua that much coming out. Uh, it's very widely known. I had Herbert above him in, in my process last year, uh, and, and I do think Wilson has – Higher upside than I would say Tua does. Uh, some of that goes to what Colin was just mentioning with Miami. I don't necessarily believe what they're doing now. Maybe if they add Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase, that'll help him a little bit. But I, I just I'm not sure what to think of Tua. Give me the guy who's you know he's a little bit sexy. He's fun to watch. He's going to end up on San Francisco, and that Kyle Shanahan's really going to help him out, like Austin was just talking about. And he's he's going to end up balling out because just because I hate him. All right, Austin, we're going to come to you. And, you know, I'm taking Zach Wilson, but I tell you what, it does scare me uh, how how good of a quarterback prospect we thought Tua Tunga-Vialoa was and how mobile we thought he was and how he could be, you know, make plays out of structure. And we just – I don't – we didn't see that this year. He looked 
um, like a shell of himself. And and some of the the um, improvisational tools that Tua Tonga Vialoa had that disappeared, those, those are some of the things that Zach Wilson can do. I think Zach Wilson has a better arm, um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. All right, I'm going to go to Austin here with the next one. Let's ask some Bijan Bijan Robinson questions. Um, you were right on Bijan Austin. So, are you going to take Bijan Robinson, the phenom Texas running back who averaged damn near twenty yards a carry in the bowl game, or DeAndre Swift? Is it better? <laughs> I know what both of the Bijan questions are, and I actually think I'm going to take the other guy in both of them. Is that really bad? <laughs> no, I'm I'm surprised. I'm okay. shocked. Uh, yeah, they're they're not that much older than him. Swift is not that much older than him, and I think Swift is going to have a nice couple years in that Detroit offense. Um, so I I'll, I'll take him. Even though, like I I do really really like Bijan. He's my number one C two C and Debbie running back right now over Mister Brees Hall. I know that upsets somebody in this panel, but um, yeah, I mean Swift Swift proved who looked like he belonged this year. Um, and I think he's only going to continue to look like that over the next few years. Well, I mean, if Austin's not going to talk up Bajan, I will. Um, you know, in a C2C where I'm getting points for college production, give me Bajan all day. I think he's going to be an elite fantasy producer at the running back position next year with Sark. He's going to be the focal point of that offense. Uh, and then I think he can run it back again the following year. So you're likely getting two high-end fantasy seasons on the college side. And that's the type of guy that can also bolster your championship caliber team on the college side. I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, just not head and shoulders above anybody else, but he's going to be, it's going to be him and Brees Hall and then a huge gap to anybody else, I think, production wise next year. So, you know, you're getting two huge years of production on the college side. And then I love his pro prospects too. He's got a true three down skill set. Uh, you know, he's got ideal size. He looks like he's a great athlete at that size, too. Uh, shows a lot to like on film in terms of the mental side of the game. So you add all that production together. Uh, give me the younger guy and, you know, where I'm getting points on the on college side, too. And I did have Swift as my RB1 last year, too. So, you know, that's how highly I think of Bajan right now. If we were talking about the real RB1 in college and Brees Hall, this might be a little bit of a tougher decision for me, but I'm going to go Swift. I, I, I think everything Austin just mentioned, uh, he's going to, I think, eat in this new offense with uh, ha- having the new offensive coordinator, then wanting to dedicate more to running the ball. You're going to have Jared Goff there who loves to check down. I think Swift is amazing in the receiving game. No more Adrian Peterson there. He's still young, much like Colin. He was my running back one coming out last year. You're going to likely have him for, for at least – four years there in that Detroit offense. I think he's a guy who could end up getting a second contract maybe. So give me, give me Swift on that. Cause I also think you don't have to pay as much for him on your NFL side as you do the next running back. We're going to talk about. Well, I just want to do this really quick. Cause I don't want, I don't want to stay on Bijan Colin uh, or I, we'll go through everybody just really quick. Jonathan Taylor or, or Bijan Robinson. Um, so yeah, with Swift being my RB one last year, um, I still have him ahead of Taylor right now. Cause I'm with Matt. I think I, and, and Austin, I think Deandre Swift is going to put up some really nice numbers in that offense next year. Um, you know, for all the reasons that Matt laid out there, but I just, I think Bijan's going to have equally or better production on the college side for two years and then be just as good of a producer on the pro side after that too. So I'm going to take Bijan again. Bruning. I will actually take Bijan here because I don't trust Frank Reich. Uh, I think he's going to continue to do what he did last year with Jonathan Taylor. Even though I love Taylor, I think he's phenomenal. I think getting that production like Austin was just talking about for two years with Bijan, I think he'll be a comparable prospect to Taylor when he comes into the NFL. So give me Bijan over Taylor. Really quick, Austin, Taylor or Bijan? Taylor, but tiny, tiny, tiny bit. (laughs) All right. Let's do these a little bit quicker, folks. We do want to um, talk about the Super Bowl before we get out of here. Um, let's see. Let me let's see what we're gonna do here. How about um, Eric Gilbert, Colin, or Travis Kelsey? Uh, so I'm gonna go with Kelsey for this one. Um, I mean, Kelsey's basically a wide receiver at the tight end position right now, which just gives you a massive advantage when you're trying to you know win a title. And he's a cornerstone of that type of a team. I mean, I've, I've seen stats out there, and I don't have any off the top of my head, but I know he was on most championship teams this year just because he's such a mismatch there. 
And I love Eric Gilbert too. I mean, he's the top rated tight end prospect of all time. He's a top athlete. He's a mismatch nightmare at tight end. You know, he's going to be going to Florida where he kind of fills into that Kyle Pitts role, you think a little bit, but you know, with, with how elite Kelsey is as a fantasy producer, I'm still going to take Kelsey for those couple years over Gilbert, who is going to probably do it for a little bit longer, but may not do it at at that level that Kelsey's doing it at. All right, let's keep these tight here. I'm going to throw one to you, Uh, Austin Carson Strong or Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, Strong. Not sure how much longer Jimmy G's in the league, to be honest. So, Bruning, Zach Wilson or Kirk Cousins? Captain Clutch (laughs) Kirk, baby. No, I'll take Zach. Um, thank you for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Colin, going back to you, Kayshawn Boutte, the phenom freshman from LSU, or Hollywood, Marcus Hollywood Brown? Uh, give me Boutte. I mean, I think we know what Hollywood is at this point, and that's pretty much just a boomer bust wide receiver three. Um, it's pretty limited on that offense, too. And Boutte showed the ability to be a feature wide receiver. So I think he's going to put up big numbers in college, and I like his pro prospects, too. So. Since he's your number one, Bruning, Brees Hall or Antonio Gibson? And give me your answer really quick. And Austin, give me your answer really quick. Brees Hall. I think he's going to be. I like what Antonio Gibson did this year, but Brees Hall all day. I think he can do everything that Antonio Gibson did, but a little bit better when he gets the NFL. And you get the college production side of it this year. Close one. Give me, uh, give me Gibson. I see, I see a meteoric rise in his future. Colin, Zeke Elliott. Or Isaiah Spiller? Uh, give me Isaiah Spiller. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced that Spiller's going to put up um, you know, dominant production on the college side next year because they have a pretty crowded backfield there with the way A chains look. And they got a nice Smith, um, but I think Zeke only has like one, maybe two years left of top end production before he hits that wall. Uh, so give me the younger guy in Spiller. Well, let me give you a younger guy then: Isaiah Spiller or J.K. Dobbins. No, read it correctly. You put KY. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll take Dobbins in this one though. Better Dobbins was the better prospect for me at this point, uh, and he's in an offense that's going to run the ball at a high rate, uh, and he's looking like he could be the focal point uh, of that running attack next year. So I'm gonna take Dobbins. Yeah, I was wondering if yeah. there was a nickname that I had missed on Dobbins. <laughs> He well, loses why, the defenses right, right now. before he takes takes control takes takes the care real of him. smooth runner man <laughs> exactly he just hits all right let's let's well, I'm gonna do one more for everybody um, Bruning Kyle yeah. Pitts or TJ Hawkinson before I answer this we'll do the rest of these on the after show guys so stay stay tuned on YouTube uh, but give me man I have to go Kyle Pitts I said he's gonna break the rookie tight end record and he's gonna be phenomenal after that so give me Pitts. Uh, Austin, David Bell, or Juju Smith-Schuster? I think this one is easy. Oh, I love Juju. And Juju's still like are 20 you, years old serious? or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I put that on there so we can Juju. roast him, and we're going to have to do it on the after show. I, I like David we're, Bell. I just I don't see anything elite that he does as, aside from body control, where he is absolutely elite. What does Juju do right. besides TikTok dances? Yak monster, man. <laughs> Yak monster. <laughs> Um, we are going to have to flush that out on the after show. I'm going to give the last one here to you before we go into the Super Bowl. Colin, Garrett Wilson or DJ Moore? I think this one is easy. Um, actually, I do have a hard time with this one. Um, I like Wilson as a pro prospect, but I don't know how much he's going to produce next year with that crowded wide receiver room. Uh, and I think that if they get you know everybody back healthy this year, uh, I'm going to take DJ Moore on the pro side. Because uh, DJ Moore is still really young too. I think he's what twenty three. Uh, so yeah, give me give me DJ Moore. Uh, that's going to be our campus to can either or segment. Hey, we need you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Go to our Twitter page. All of these uh, selections, these choices, are on our Twitter page right now at Debbie Debate on Twitter. Go ahead and pick who you would who you choose between the two, um, and let us know. Let us know what you think. Let's go to the Super Bowl. We got Kansas City playing an away game at Tampa Bay. Um, Bruning, I'm going to start with you here. Who is going to win and why? And give us your score prediction. 
I've been agonizing about this all week because while I respect Tom Brady, I hate Tom Brady, so I don't want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win it. But at the same time, fuck the Chiefs for beating the Browns. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Tom Brady's already been the best thing to ever happen to to NFL football, so why not just give him one more ring, uh, one for the the toe there. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning 34-31. Interesting. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to take the Chiefs here on this one. I think they're just too tough to to beat there with a healthy Mahomes. Uh, everything in- indicates that he's going to be back up to full strength there. So uh, I'm going to take the high power Chiefs offense, but I do think it's going to be a high scoring game there as well. So something in the mid 30s. Uh, give me Chiefs 37, uh, Tampa Bay 30. I thought Felix was going. Go ahead. Okay. Um, So, because you put out your WWE Daily the other day about it, and I think, like, yes, the Chiefs are missing some offensive linemen, but I think it would be a bigger deal if they had lost them in, like, the first quarter of the game because they have two weeks to prepare for not having them, and I think they're going to be really creative. I think they're going to move the pocket a lot. They're going to move Mahomes a lot. They're going to get the ball early out of his hands quickly and then i think later in the game they're going to try to hit some of that deep stuff and let that develop a little bit more once they've kind of demoralized a little bit of that tampa bay rush and to be honest i could see this going like the bills like almost exactly like the bills game did where the bills kind of came out and played them kind of tough like the first quarter and you were like oh man if the chiefs don't start scoring here they're in some trouble and then they just started scoring and it was over before you could blink your eyes um, I, I foresee something similar. I think it's a little lower scoring than, than I think you guys do. I'm going to say like 31 to, to 21 or something like that, like somewhere in that range. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Or Yes, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I think the key to the game is going to be whether or not Travis Kelsey has to help to block, and then that makes it easier to guard Tyreek Hill. Um, I think that that Tampa Bay defensive line is going to be a problem for this makeshift uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. I said that I thought I saw a lower scoring game. I'm going to take the same score, which which was in week seven, I believe it was, of the season. I'm going to go um, 27-24 Tampa Bay. Um, Do we have one question before we close out? Tank Bigsby or Jameer Gibbs from uh, 7D Gwynn. Austin, let me throw that to you first. Tank Bigsby or Jameer Gibbs? I'm a huge Gibbs guy. I, I can appreciate what Bigsby does, but I think he's just not like he's not the well-rounded guy that Gibbs is. I'll, I, I would take Gibbs, and I have them both like they both have running back one potential in the NFL. I just have Gibbs a little bit higher. Colin, is he right? Uh, I think he's right. Whether they both have uh, RB one potential uh, at the next level, but I'm going to take Bigsby here because uh, I think Bigsby's going to put up some really nice numbers in that Auburn offense next year. Whereas I don't trust Georgia Tech's offense quite as much. So C2C, definitely give me Bigsby. Devi, it's a lot closer. Um, I'm probably in Devi would lean Gibbs, actually. Burning? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Gibbs. I just think he's slightly the better player over Tank Bigsby. So even though he may not put up the numbers, I think once he gets to the NFL, what he can what he can do in the passing game and everything, I think he's gonna kind of elevate him a little bit. So give me Gibbs. I'm going to take Gibbs also because not only what he can do in the passing game, but what he can do in the vertical passing game as a as a running back. I find that very attractive. Hey, that's going to be our show for tonight. You can find our written content absolutely nowhere for the time being. You can email the show at debate at gmail.com. Follow the show at debate. Apologies to Kirk Kerbstreet. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace and Colin Decker. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall.
Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter up the cut it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races! Nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards. 